Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. There's so much to talk about. There's so much breaking news. It's scandalous week. (laughs) Wait, but before we get into all of it, can I can I just say that you gave me the best Christmas ornaments for my tree? (laughs) Oh, they're they're the fucking cutest and most perfect things. I obviously haven't post pictures of it. I've already taken like 400 pictures of them, but I have the most perfect prostitution whore Teresa (laughs) Judice ornament smack dab in the middle of my tree and it's stunning and then this like spectacular glass ornament that says I brought the bunny with a tiny little bunny from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills they're the most perfect perfect like joy bringing ornaments on my tree I love them so much it's uh it's just the sweetest so I, I just had to to thank you and tell the listeners about it. I'm so happy you like them. I like was looking on Etsy just trying to support small businesses, you know, and both of them were so fantastic I couldn't decide. And so I was like, you know what? She deserves both. So we can tag the little, you know, the shops that I got them from. Um, oh, yeah. We've got was... to because they're both spectacularly made and they're like the perfect size and they're really, really gorgeous. Yay. I love them so much. <laughs> they're so cute. Uh, let's get into this fucking crazy crazy week should we start with the uh the smaller things like the crazy video you sent me with this southern charm laguna beach crossover oh yeah i was like okay so obviously austin and madison broke up there were these instagram lives of craig and austin messing around in nashville singing taylor swift singing like we're never getting back together and like whatever and I'm looking at this hot blonde chick sort of like gyrating on Austin's shoulders. And I I texted you and I was like, is that fucking Kristen Cavallari? And then we look (laughs) at her Instagram. She's everywhere. She's all over like both of them. They're partying during COVID while she has children, which I am very judgmental about. I I just I – I, it almost sort of undoes everything we said about Kristen in the She's Not a Mean Girl episode for me. And then her <laughs> response was like, I didn't know I wasn't allowed to have guy friends. And I was like, Kristen, like, come no, on. No, this is beyond no. that. Yeah, it's that is it's bad. What is it that you te- texted me where it's just I couldn't I also couldn't help but just be like so team Madison because I just felt like I would feel so terrible if I was in Madison's shoes watching this video of Kristen just like yeah. draping herself all over these boys. Also, does she have like a fucking Hermione Granger like Netflix Netflix necklace where she could be anywhere at any time? Because I feel like in there's constantly headlines of Kristen Cavallari like in Mexico with her new boyfriend <laughs> and then like in New York with a new boyfriend. That's just going through me. a divorce. At the beginning of this, she was trapped in like the Bahamas because they wouldn't <gasps> let people yes. back into the United States with her hairdresser and her now ex-husband which is like just the funniest fucking thing that could happen at the beginning of a pandemic like you're on this beautiful vacation 
that turns into like a full-blown like survival like shelling out money to continue to be housed like begging the united states to let you go home it's anyway i just think this was a lot and like the worst possible person to like twist the knife after you broke up with someone is kristen cavallari and um i'm not here for it and i'm kind of on madison's side we're here for you madison we love you um, so that was crazy. The Summer House trailer was insane. Like, I really, mm-hmm. really hope that Lindsay fucked Luke because, and it's not just tricky editing because, like, damn, what a season we're in for. And I hate Lindsay and it's so great. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Also, I just watched the first couple episodes of The Flight Attendant um, last night. Oh. And Luke is in. Luke from Summer House is, the guy, is one of the guys she sleeps with in the beginning what? of the season. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. He Did like, you has like lines. it? I've read mixed reviews. I don't I don't really like it. But I probably will keep watching it. I watched the first three episodes. It's very like Gossip Girl. It's the very way like you watch TV, Alyssa. I can't <laughs> figure it out. What are you talking about? You're like, I've watched a couple episodes. I don't really like it, but I'll probably keep watching it. And there's like, what what do you mean? <laughs> I think if people talk about it enough, I'm like, okay, I'll finish it so I know what the fuck they're talking about. Um if it's not mm. like extremely anxiety inducing for me so this is like this is fine it's i feel like it could be on the cw back in the day and you know it's a light it's a light fun watch i'll see like how they you know figured out the twists and turns of the season but if it's like you know something that is very loud and i can't get through a scene then i won't finish it (laughs) copy that i have a um there's a couple of actresses who are just on this like weird list in my head that are just I'm just consumed with jealousy for their careers because I'll think about like roles they've had and like god I could have fucking done that even if they're great and like they're do they're killing it and they're doing a wonderful job and Kaylee Cuoco is one of those actresses oh yeah absolutely like I have a tough time yeah I get I get distracted so I just I'm not like jumping uh at the chance to watch Flight Attendant but I agree with you if it gets like too too popular then I'll be like fine I'll do it I would love for you to get on a big bang theory and then just buy everyone a house <laughs> oh my god <laughs> she has, me like, too stupid multi-camp money and like good yeah. for her you know and yeah, i want that for, for, her. for you as well good for her um thank you i would love to buy everyone i know a house <laughs> <because of> that. <laughs> um, that reminds me of a small quick story which is that when uh the dave pilot got picked up and went to series uh i was getting like these wonderful text messages from friends that were all like congratulations and uh, my good friend Mary, who has been on the pod, sent me a text that said, now you can buy your seven girlfriends diamonds. And I I didn't understand the Ariana Grande reference <laughs> at the time. I hadn't heard the song yet. It was like really, it, she was being, she was really timely with this reference. But I misinterpreted it as like Mary, like really asking me to buy her and our girlfriends like diamonds. And I was like, whoa, Mary, what a crazy thing to say to me when I book a show. And it wasn't until weeks later when I heard the Ariana Grande song that I was like, oh, Mary was making a joke that makes so much more sense. Uh, but yeah, I'll for, I'll get you and Mike a house for sure once I book the next Big Bang Theory. Oh, and perfect. Cut my hair off and Thank marry you. a hockey player and divorce him, and it's. Oh my be god! Great. You know what? Maybe like I'll write the next Big Bang Theory, or Mike <gasps> will write the next Big Bang Theory, and then we can just all like buy houses as jokes for each other. You know, <laughs> I love that. I love th- I love syndication money for us. Okay, Yay! our listeners okay. are like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, guys. Okay, let's get into this Erica and Tom situation because it's fucking crazy. Uh, It's beyond. Like, I feel like even 
I've, I was like trying to explain to Tony how it is. There's obviously so many lawsuits and so much like legal drama in the Real Housewives world. And I can't reiterate enough how much this is the beyond that level. Like this is this is Aaron Brockovich level. There's going to be a movie about this. And how much plastic surgery do I need to get to play Erica Jane? Tell me. Like- <laughs> I don't think any, honestly. I think, yeah, I think we can just do you in, like, little prosthetics for when she's older. That's it. Oh and God. you can play her, like, as young oh Erica. I love. You. I love this. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I personally think this is a bigger scandal than, like, the Lori Laughlin, Felicity mm-hmm. Huffman stuff. Like, this is not Absolutely. Good. It affects so many more people. And yeah. it's a lot. There's a lot more. It's been going on for a very long time. It's very fucked up. Uh, we're going to do our best to do like a brief synopsis of it, but I highly encourage you guys to check out the LA Times piece that came out, what, yesterday? Yeah, truly, like, I have never seen a special. Mike got an email because he has a subscription to the LA Times, and it was like, special report. Like, the Ooh. downfall of law titan Tom Girardi and Beverly Real Hills housewife, housewife, like, Erica Jane or Erica Girardi. Yeah. And I was just like, when do we ever get an LA Times special report about a housewife? I'm so psyched to read this. And there are so many details in this article that I just like can't even begin to regurgitate. But essentially what seems to have happened is Tom Girardi got a little too big for his britches. And he was sort of using these settlements that he's getting for all these like victims of horrible, horrible malpractice and crimes and all of this as like credit to pay off other loans that he owes people rather than just giving the money straight to the victims when you win a settlement which is what you're Mm -hmm. supposed to do and he just got himself into like a little old mlm ponzi scheme um (laughs) which i love (laughs) i love ponzi schemes and he at the same time i guess because of his reputation as like this big like lawyer who who puts checks on corporations and like champion of the little people, especially because of the Aaron Brockovich case, which he became so famous for because of the movie. He mm-hmm. was like currying favors with a lot of politicians. So I didn't know that he was like designated by Gavin Newsom to appoint judges in the state of California, which is like a huge fucking deal. And there's a whole mm-hmm. piece of the article where another lawyer I can't remember if it's a lawyer or like a lending firm is trying to take him to court saying that like he's not good for the money like he's lying and we don't think he has any money and one of the judges who I assume he had a relationship with was like get out of my courtroom like don't besmirch this man's reputation Reputation. it's like so crazy and so he owes I mean the numbers that he's borrowing like he literally said in court that he lost, he used to have 50 to $80 million in cash in his accounts and he like doesn't have it anymore. The other crazy thing is like his, he is like a hundred percent equity owner in his um, law firm. And I don't know if you guys can tell, I don't understand business, but I'm just repeating terms that are in this article. <laughs> You're and nailing so it. nobody else in his firm is in charge of any of the finances. Like all of his lawyers have no idea where his, where the money is. Yeah, it was, that was what was 
some a really insane element to me because then everybody who works closely with him was like, well, he's very secretive about money. And I was like, no one is – that has to be illegal in and of itself that when you're playing with millions and millions of dollars, you can't be allowed to just have one guy in charge who keeps it a secret. Like, is this eighth grade? Like, I feel like a high school treasurer <laughs> would have to tell people about the fucking numbers. It's so crazy that they're like, well, this is – he was just always secretive about it. And – I don't want to belittle any of the, like, he's obviously a criminal. There is something very, very evil and sinister going on. But I I can't help but wonder if there is just a level of, A, incompetence, obviously, and, like, thinking he's going to get away with stuff because he maybe doesn't understand what a big deal it is. But I am now sort of under the impression, and it checks out that he's with Erica, that there is this theater to him And there is a big theater behind these huge class action and like environmental and all these big lawsuits that he loves being known for that is also part of the problem because it seems like people have started to come for his money for years or money that they are owed for years. And exactly that story you said of this other judge being like, but that's what a good guy he is. Don't come for his reputation. Let it, it enabled this whole situation. So now he's even in more trouble because he was able to get away from it for so long because he's just a great showman. Yeah, it's crazy to me. I think there's a lot of this in, and that's why, like, people sometimes will say, Oh, I don't want to watch The Housewives because fuck rich people. And I'm like, They're not all rich. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not always what it appears to be. Um, I think people get a little caught up in their power and in their influence and they think that everything's going to stay the same and so they're going to continue I mean basically he's just betting that he's going to continue to get these like huge settlements for people which is the way he's always made his living but you can't Mm -hmm. you can't bet with it's not like it's not this isn't a credit card this isn't a casino like we're not playing stocks here like this is like Indonesian burn victims and like (laughs) fucking Mm -hmm. like you know explosions from like pipelines and people's lives being ruined and you're trying to help them you know write things and then so if you fuck up it's not like oh I like just have to take another loan or I have to refinance my house or whatever it's like you these people's lives were ruined and then you ruined it again and so I just don't know how you can think that you're that powerful to like control the outcome of everything it just it just seems like they got so greedy and they thought they would always be fine um, they thought they would always win and the other thing is it's of course 40 percent is a huge chunk especially when you're talking about these millions of dollars that is the settlement in a lot of these cases or the ultimate number in a lot of these cases but like it says in the article he has this like in-house tailor who is tailoring yeah. suits for everybody that there was a huge amount of money that was dedicated to like whining and dining potential clients and co-counsel and so there's And I have to imagine when you are in a lawsuit, it costs a lot of fucking money up front. And you don't get anything if you lose. So to be operating and spending a huge amount of money at your office, spending a huge amount of money on every single trial that you're taking and not winning 100% of them, and even the ones you do, you're only getting 40%, you're operating at a deficit. So that seems to me to be a big part of the problem. So while he gets so defensive about saying, I wasn't spending this money on my rich and famous lifestyle with Erica Jane, 
it seems like he was spending it at, in the very least at this rich and famous lifestyle inside of the office. Like people so, were driving luxury cars at his office. Yeah, that's so, like there's a whole section about how he used to like wow law graduates by like buying them tailored suits. You're exactly right. But so the thing that's really interesting to me about this too is that Erica, because I was like, well, if he is the person in charge of the finances, like how is Erica responsible for any of this? So in the article, they talk about how he transferred $20 million to EJ LLC, mm-hmm. which is Erica Jane's production company. We heard from a lawyer on Bitch Sesh that Erica is actually not in charge of her production company, that Tom is named as the CEO of that. They didn't mention that in the LA Times article, which I was kind of surprised about. So he is using Erica as a way to sort of retain some of these assets Mm -hmm. and try to make it seem like they're not part of his law firm. And some people have suggested that she filed for divorce so that they could have money that was untouchable, like in this situation. But I just can't imagine, like, continuing to stand by this when you see all of this unraveling. Well, that's the question, right? So how much do you think that Erica knew? It's tough. I I feel like, you you know, you're inclined to believe your husband. And I think when you are married to someone who that who's that powerful and that wealthy and you're not, you know, in that realm, like you probably believe whatever excuses he's telling you. But at the same time, uh, I don't know. I You just can't have money yeah. being transferred into your name and like not ask questions about it. That's just. I, I know. And I, I know that this is going to sound like, and I recognize I still am sipping a little bit of the Erica Jane Kool-Aid, but this woman doesn't strike me as someone who wouldn't look at the details of bank statements and ask questions about what's going on, especially in knowing that her husband is insanely wealthy, but in a career that is uh, not unlike ours in the industry where it's kind of gig to gig and it's like win to win. And there isn't a certain level of like consistency. And if he really hasn't been taking a salary for years, as he claims in one of like the more recent trials, I think it just strikes me that she would ask questions. I also kind of think that she would be, I don't know, I kind of think that she would be in on it and trying to stand by him and like help him figure it out. It's which is tough for me to swallow because I think that I don't know, I just I I have a feeling in my gut that she was privy to some wrong doing. Uh I don't know. So here's the question now. So they're clearly broke. Like they literally, yeah. I mean, a judge just tried to freeze the assets of his law firm. And and by the way, there's like no one left working at his law firm. And apparently they have, they've been quitting for like the last couple of years <laughs> because mm-hmm. of all this shit. Um, and they, so they, they were like, okay, you can't use any of the money in any of your accounts. And there's only $15,000 in all of their law firm accounts now, which is like insane. And so people are like, okay, so he actually, he either lost all of it or he successfully transferred it out before they froze his assets. My question is, I mean, here's the thing. If you're Erica, you need money right now. You got to double down and show us all of this on Beverly Hills, right? And they're shooting right now. Yeah. They're shooting right now, you guys. Can you friggin' believe? <laughs> so, like, if she comes on this fucking show and she tries to act like she's not going to tell us about all this or, like, it's fine or she's just working it out off camera, like, I'm done. I'm out. If she's smart, if she's smart, she has figured out some sort of fucking narrative and is pushing it as hard as she can. Yeah, if she goes, if she reverts back to, like, 
cold, unfeeling, and uh, Erica who doesn't open up about stuff, then she's shooting herself in the foot and is not going to get... But, like, if she's fucking smart, she's going to make this a storyline and she's going to try to feed us some sort of defense that we can get behind yeah and her know. agents are gonna get her paid like out the ass for the, being the ex- the best story you know on the season for sure like let's yeah. let's see that that's what i want from all but of i this. wonder how much she can legally because there's uh we've seen different cases in the real housewives world where uh people will be like well i'm in the middle of a divorce so i legally can't say anything that's bullshit though i mean like joe and Teresa showed us practically everything like bethany showed us practically everything and her ex was vicious I mean we saw her ex like take the phone away from her daughter and like put it towards the wall and like listen to her daughter just cry because she wanted to talk to her mom Mm -hmm. I mean we've seen this shit like it's it's a choice you can do it creatively we literally Mm -hmm. saw Joe and Teresa like coming in and out of the courthouse with like paparazzi around them yeah 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 no I'm on your side I want it all (laughs) I'm just saying I'm on your side, Alyssa. I, I'm uh, I'm obviously just, like, fucking jonesing to see this episode. I hope that fucking all of these – this episode, I mean this upcoming season – and all of these fucking people who deserve their money. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, in this article, they're painting these, like, heartbreaking pictures of, like you said, burn victims from, like, these huge explosions who were supposed to be getting settlement money from these companies. And the companies paid them. The companies wrote the check, and it went to Tom Girardi, and he didn't pay these victims. Like, it's fucked up. It makes me... So sad. And the fact that that now these people's lives who have already been ruined by these horrible things that happened to them have to go back to court again. Yeah. Like, they don't fucking deserve that. That sucks. Like, you're supposed to protect them. You're supposed to be getting them what they deserve. And you're only making their life worse. It's just so fundamentally wrong and like breaks my heart and it's like Tom and you guys have heard me on this podcast sing his praises I used to fucking love him I used to fucking worship this man this sucks for me personally as well (laughs) there are no heroes I just imagine like Mikey having to like take out his like lip implants and like handing it to the the victims and being like here this should be worth like 5,000 and then like taking the like latex you know, dress that she wore and just awarding it to one of the burn victims. Like you could probably get 10 K for this on eBay. Like so dark. Anyway, we better see all of it. I want to see every single minute we're allowed to see on this season. Yeah, it's true. What what Um, should we do next? You want to do bachelorette? Yeah, let's get into bachelorette. We had two episodes this week. We have two episodes next week. Man. Oh man. Uh, Can I also, I just want to start with one quick thing. In the beginning of the first episode on Monday, we have, like, there's always fun, you know, B-roll of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, like, looking over a patio or, like, trying to be thoughtful and lean against a window or something. They show Tasha reading. And if you're going to be fake reading when Chris Harrison comes knock on your door, at least fake mark your page, honey. That bothered me so much. She's, like, fake reading. The door knocks and she goes, oh, and then just shuts the book and I was like bitch (laughs) I am here for this show at least put in a little bit of effort into your fake ass reading um I I had a lot of feelings I don't know I think I the first thing I sort of wanted to ask was what did we think about what Kenny was wearing at the men tell all I love it I'm doubling down on Kenny no I'm just (laughs) 
I'm getting a lot of shit in my text chains for thinking Kenny's the best. Look, I think they cut to his face many times because he's a great listener. And I think that he's very vocal about, you know, um, like nonsense in the house. And I don't want to know anything about his life outside of the show. And that's where I'm going to leave it. <laughs> that's wild. Uh, what do we... So this was... I think what's interesting about... There, I mean, there's so much that's interesting about this season, but that in general, I feel like the consensus is that the top four that we got to on Tuesday night are all generally good dudes. Like, it's not uncommon in this show for the top four, you know, the hometown section to have, like, the the villain still involved or somebody that we don't like or everybody's like, no, please don't pick him. He's wrong for you. Yeah. And I think that... It's interesting this season that's a bunch of – and I think it has to do with Tasha's taste of really liking sort of soft-spoken, uh, really good guys mm-hmm. that all of these guys are kind of sweethearts. And so in my text threads, there's a lot of just like, no, I like Ivan more because of this or I think Zach <laughs> is such a sweetheart because of this. And it's a, it's a new feeling. It's interesting. And I want to ask who you're gunning for outside of the bracket, which we already know that <laughs> – you won. We I won. Talk about that you later. guys, I won so graciously too. I definitely did not text mm. Taylor like five. Mm-hmm. I won text uh, gifs. No, uh, no, she didn't. And I also She's... definitely did not say like, "Did you watch? Did you watch yet?" Like every single day of this week, so I could just you rub it in her face that are I won. Also <laughs> such a bitch because that mean I thought that that meant there was something insane that happened. No. I even told Tony. I was like, "Oh my god, can I watch The Bachelorette real quick? Like I have to watch it. Like I I saw that there's like Alyssa says there's something really good, and then I watched it at the end. I was like that. Bitch, it's just because Ben left. Yeah. And that means that <laughs> I lost. So Alyssa's the champion. And like, as you could have predicted, she's being really, really gracious. She has yeah. the best attitude out of all of us. Uh, I also, as much as I am angry at him for uh, blowing up my bracket and not fucking making it to the top two uh, or winning, which is what I had him doing, I think that. Uh, I, for once, am happy with the top three. I don't think Ben was the perfect guy for her. I liked that it was kind of uncomplicated and that he didn't tell her he loved her. So he's out. And now we've got Brendan, Ivan, and Zach, who all seem infatuated with her, who all are sweet. Uh, I'm not going to say all are really cute because I'm sorry I don't think Zach is cute. I don't think Zach is cute either. Um, I think Zach is going to be – that's my prediction, who wins. No, really? I, you think yeah. Zach wins? Yeah, because Why? she goes – she acts like a little – like a giggly like girl around him. And the other two guys, she's like taking care of them. And I just think, and also she's like, I could live in New York. I think also that's in her brain. Like that's some crazy thing she couldn't do on her own for some reason. Um, But (laughs) I, yeah, I just think that she thinks Zach is like such a man and, you know, she won't have to do as much heavy lifting. However, we do have like some crazy reveal supposedly um, between the two of them, it seems. So I could be totally wrong. But my instinct is that she picks him just based on the way she reacted to these hometowns. I wish she would pick – I mean, I really like Ivan and Brennan. I'm actually – I'm going to be a sore winner right now, and I'm going to say that I'm 
pissed off that you guys led me astray from Brendan because he was so sweet in the beginning and you and Tim were like, ugh, he's so boring and I hate him and he's like such a wet noodle and whatever. But That's so unfair. You made us pick Ben. <laughs> You're awful, Alyssa. You, first of all, won. I don't want to hear your notes. And I'll, second of all, you made Tim and I pick Ben. You were like, you know what you guys should do? Pick Ben. I didn't say you know what you should do, pick Ben. I said... <laughs> Uh, just keep Ben in mind. He's super hot and we haven't I'll seen him. He ben could be sneaky. And you know just what? He ben lasted a mind. really long time. So I don't feel like that was bad advice. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So, but I do like Brendan. I, I think I just like Ivan more because he's like cool and I feel like I would hang out with him. And I also know that he can dunk. So I hope she picks him for uh, that reason. I hope she picks Ivan. I also don't feel in my bones that she does. I've said that since their like first amazing one on one date. Like, I just don't don't think she does which breaks my heart I love him so so much and yeah I guess there is something there is something missing with Brendan even though he's the sweetest uh so maybe you're right maybe she picks Zach I don't know but I'm happy that it does seem like she's got a, a good little group you yeah know? for sure because uh, at this point there's usually like you know a Jed there's like a dud in there that I'm like ugh. but these guys are these guys are great um, as someone who has lived in Venice for a long time, what did you think of the the do-it-yourself Venice date? Uh, I thought we could do better. Like, the producers have definitely been to Venice Beach. Like, we filmed this show in L.A. I mean, whatever. They did, like, America's version of Venice, which is, like, the nasty boardwalk that nobody wants to go to because you're constantly getting hounded by people and it's, like, a COVID death trap right now. And they did juice you know wellness shots which fine i'll give them that and like rollerblading i don't know it was fine they're working with limited resources um <laughs> how did you feel about it uh yeah it, it's it stressed me out a little bit i thought it was <laughs> weird that they were like so then i mean there's what are you gonna do it's just like they had like a fucking paper mache taxi cab for zach yeah. like i like it was so and I think uh, that Taisha did a good job of, like, thinking that everything was very thrilling. She was like, oh, my God, <laughs> we could buy sunglasses at this, like, sunglasses stand? That would be in Venice. I was like, calm aye, down. Aye, this aye. is crazy. Uh, I I think that we both, though, were openly grossed out at the same thing. Can we talk about oh, it? Oh, yeah. So every season, there's usually with the, the uh, you know, I was going to say usually with the bachelorette but that's not right um every season they do something that they think is like really romantic and spontaneous and it's just fucking nasty to me and so when it, during nick vial's season when he went to raven's hometown he dipped her hair in the like nastiest bog water i've ever yeah. seen i was like oh man she definitely has like lice or some fucking pond bugs or something <laughs> in her hair and this episode they decided to dip them in a fountain at La Quinta, and I'm like, there is like 10,000 pools on this property. <laughs> like, yeah. why are yeah. we walking around in a nasty ass fountain that doesn't get cleaned and has like coins in it? Coins! They just threw coins in it. They were just talking about literal quarters inside of this gross ass fountain. And then Zach is like, this was the most romantic thing, man. And she didn't even like think about her makeup or her dress. She just got in there. I'm like, oh, her makeup and her dress. What about her immune system, Zach? That's so gross. And you're right. There's pools everywhere. It would be like spontaneous to jump in a pool with your clothes on. There's I like don't get it, but go for it. Rusty but the pipes. Like, do we Ew. need a tetanus shot? Like, what's going on? 
<laughs> and they're kissing in it. So it's like getting in their mouth. I can't. I thought it was so, so gross. I was squealing and Tony was cracking up. I thought that was disgusting. I do have Ugh. to say that there is a tradition at. So I went to USC and there's a tradition that the week before graduation, I love this. I think it's so funny. Uh, there's like 40 fountains on campus at USC. And so the graduating class, all the seniors go in the middle of the night in like fucking floaties and like, you know, bathing suits and board shorts and whatever. And they do this thing called fountain run where you're supposed to jump in all 40 fountains before you graduate. And also Whoa. you're fucking hammered. <laughs> and I did it. And I... First of all, put my cell phone in a plastic bag in my pocket, thinking that was like really gonna protect it, and then got so drunk that I sat down in a fountain to pee because there was like nowhere oh for God. me to go pee, and my phone like completely died from fountain water and pee. And then I yeah. also got my whole entire leg stuck in like a waterfall in the fountain in front of the library because the like hole was too small and I didn't see it and I like slipped and step in it and I woke up I had to yank my leg like my friends had to help me get out of the waterfall and the next morning my entire thigh had like the darkest bruise I've ever seen on it oh and I woke up and somebody had wrote on my Facebook that I threw up in my underpants like they hacked my Facebook Ew! and they put that as my status which I did not but I was drunk enough that someone like did that to me when I when they like helped me get home <laughs> Uh, and then I put my phone in a bag of rice and it survived. So anyway, wow. I miss college. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We had a, we had fountains in front of our theater school, but they would turn them off because they didn't trust us because of kids like you. Yeah. Like they literally would only be on at parents weekend and graduation weekend. Cause I think there used to be traditions where you would like get wasted and like go inside of the fountains, but they were, they were like, we don't fucking trust you guys. So there was just this like ugly ass empty cement pit with Ew. piping in it there the entire year. That's and then so when upsetting. parents were there, they would just put on these like beautiful fountains and they're in every brochure of Ithaca College, I swear on my life, shows these fountains, and they're so pretty when they're on. They Ew, just though. at USC, they just like wrap up the statues so you don't climb them. But they're fully yeah. like campus security is fully like okay that way. That's where the next fountain is. Like it's a Aww. it's a time honored tradition. <laughs> that's cute. I like that. Um, anyway, uh, okay. So what did we think of uh, any other impressions of the rest of hometowns? Like, do we want to talk about the families at all? I think the families were all fine. They were fine. I, yeah. <laughs> I loved, uh, I think, like, was it Ivan's dad I thought was really, really sweet and wise. Yeah. Uh, I thought, like, everybody everybody was just a little, it was a little boring. Um, but what did you think? Um, I thought Zach's family was a little aggressive. Um, I thought it was the sweatiest hometowns we've ever seen. <laughs> so wettiest. We had, I had, a uh, Greg Santos, who was a guest recently on the pod, text me and was like, hey, uh, bachelorette novice over here watching my first episode. Just wanted to see if everybody is pouring sweat every episode <laughs> like they are in this, just like dripping of sweat. And this supports my theory that I announced earlier that I think they were 
we're not allowed to talk about how hot it is. Yeah. And, and I think in this instance, it was cruel because then it looks like all of these men have medical conditions that they're <laughs> not bringing up. Like, it's weird to not mention how fucking hot it is. They were drenched. It also seems like they are doing, you know, last looks on Tasha, but they're not doing that for the guys. So I feel like, you know, in between each scene, someone is coming in and like dabbing her sweat off and putting more powder on her, which is like super, super helpful for sweat. But the guys are just like just sort of, you know, fend for themselves yeah. on camera. And Zach, literally, they kissed at one time and you could see an entire gob of sweat like fall from his face. And I was like, this is nasty. And I am worried for them. Yeah, <laughs> like they're going to pass gross. out. Gross, 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 gross. Okay. That's, that's my main takeaway. Should we do, uh, you want to do Housewives? Yeah. Let's do a little bit of Housewives and a quick 90 day. Okay, and great. Then, uh, and then get the hell out of here. Um, let's start with Salt Lake City because we didn't talk about them last week. Oh, um, yes. Salt I'm, Lake City. I'm loving Heather. I'm loving everything about her dating life. I feel so sad that she, like, judges herself by these rigid, you know, very traditional, very specific to Utah restrictions. I'm like, literally move anywhere else and you will be good to go, my guy. I you know? know. I know. She's definitely so entrenched in this world that she is just holding herself to these really weird standards. And I'm like, you'd be so much happier if you didn't hold yourself to these bizarre Mormon standards, girl. Um, I loved watching her just close with that guy at that party she was like yeah. oh let's get a drink and he's like oh, I can't drink she's like I can do this stone cold sober and I was like yeah get in there yeah she had game I respected it she had good game yeah that was amazing um I loved <laughs> I don't think I've laughed this hard at a housewife scene in so long but like the alarm going off and then the toilet water exploding everywhere and then the dog just shitting all over everything <laughs> while they were trying to make it to the fashion show I was just like crying laughing the entire time it was amazing <laughs> it also shows how much you end up Whoever you're in the room with, it could be your most treasured and beloved, like, family member in your whole life. Like, the second an alarm goes off in your house, you, you fucking hate them. Yeah. You're just like, what the fuck is happening? It's like, neither of your faults, but you're both, like, you don't end up working together. It ends up just, like, putting such a strain on your relationship that it's like, I don't know. It happened yeah. in our house the other day. I was painting a room. I was painting our guest room. And I guess paint fumes can set off the fire alarm, oh. which I did not know. And the second it went off, I was like, what the fuck is happening? And I'm like screaming at Tony and he's like I don't know like I also don't know what's going on but I just immediately was angry at him so it was fun to see Brooks and his mom have the same exact experience Brooks who by the way was doing is like his mom's like he's so good at fashion he's always wanted to dress himself <laughs> and be good at fashion and I'm just like, so excited for him to be in this fashion show and they go into the store and he's like I want to I want to take my track suits for the fucking fashion show and I'm like okay track suits Okay. And he pulls them out. They're just tracksuits where along the side it just has his name printed. And if they're black and white, Beautiful. it could not be the more basic looking ass tracksuit. And they're like, he is so into fashion. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll allow it, I guess. But it's not fashion. <laughs> Two things. I only am participating in this podcast now to hear you do impressions of people. That's the only reason we're continuing because it's the best. And then um, – I just had the thought, like, he was like, I really wish my dad was here and not in Oklahoma to see, like, my fashion line, you know, premiere. And I was like, the only reason why you can have a fashion line premiere is because your dad is, like, taking over companies in Oklahoma. Like, let's yeah. connect the two thoughts for a second. Yeah. Also, he's, like, 21, and they're treating him like he's 17 or something. <laughs> 
Yeah, he was like I in college, and he took time off to come spend quality time and like support his mom supposedly while she's going through this sort of weird separation. And he's coming home and being such a high maintenance little baby. Yeah, like she has to do, dare I say, so much more work than if she was left alone and he was at college. I think he's, uh, I think he's a bit high maintenance. But I gotta say, I love it because he is good TV. I will so also say it. his skin is fucking fantastic, and like Glass. watching him do multi masks and then be told by a makeup artist like, <laughs> you have no problem areas, like you don't need any touch ups. I just have never seen anything like that happen in my no. life, and we should all be taking notes on his skincare routine. Yeah, I whatever he's doing, make, I have, I need to be doing it. Yeah, he has glass porcelain skin it's stunning yeah um let's hop over to potomac where karen's sticky bra is showing for the entire reunion for some reason (laughs) which i knew i like didn't even write down because i was like Alyssa is gonna come for this moment i know it it's crazy to me that you would have some faux pas like that especially that has to do with the bra because let's be honest bras are awful and they're used you have to wear a weird sticky bra or a weird strapless one in order to like Keep the ladies in place when you're moving around. The reunion, you get to sit. You get to sit down and be perfectly still. So if there's some time to take a risk and, like, not wear a bra or use a lot of tape so that you don't see anything, it's now. And so to be in a, like, have a deep V like Karen did and just a fucking ugly-ass bra right in the middle, center screen, center stage, is inexcusable, Karen. And then to sit there and come for Giselle's fashion, which we'll all admit is awful, but at least the girl isn't showing some weird-ass sticky fucking boob thing. Yeah. Um, I also, I mean, the thing to me that's so insane is, like, if you've ever been on a set before, you know, not only do you have, like, a wardrobe department who's helping you make all these choices and making sure everything looks great, they literally stand at the monitor watching the footage as it happens the entire time. Their whole job is to make sure there's not some slip up exactly like that. So even if you had that in the first segment, the second there's a break, like somebody is flying in there with tape and different boob options and we're like fixing it. And I just don't understand how that didn't happen for Karen. Yeah, it's (laughs) so crazy. Hold on. Sorry. Can you hear Fredo licking the mic? No. That's pretty good. I love it. Fredo, we we value your opinions on this pod. So He just I'm like in this like little hut that I've built and he just like <laughs> crawled in and I was like, "Oh, hi." But he seemed to be quiet. Then he just starts licking the microphone. I was like, "Stop. I'm trying to get him to stop without making noise." <laughs> uh, but no, you're so right. There's so many people that are in charge of that, not which makes me think that Obviously, somebody was like, well, so this is fine. Like, we're okay with this. Like, what? And which is inexcusable. And on Potomac, like, you have to come to play. So that person should be fucking fired. Yeah, or it's actually, not good. fun theory, as you're saying this, maybe they, like, hate her, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that about, like, Nicole Kidman's wigs on Big Little Lies are so awful. I'm like, what did oh, she no. fucking say to the hair department? Like, you could really do that. You could burn a bridge and, like... Ooh, you gotta be you gotta be real nice to hair, makeup, and wardrobe people because yeah. they could really screw you over. And then just generally, I feel like we'll have more to say in the next couple episodes. But like the the reads in this reunion are vicious. I mean, Candace saying to Ashley, like the man you lay with is itching, get tested. That's crazy. Monique calling yeah. Giselle a holy whore and like reading, you know, Pastor Jamal's phone number 
out on the episode and then Giselle confirming it like it's just it's just ramping up to be an excellent reunion (laughs) yeah they're really they're all coming for each other in the most savage of ways and it's only the first of three parts people very into it can we talk about Atlanta yes uh and there was a a shade thrown on Atlanta to Cynthia regarding her artificial plants and I wanted to ask you, okay, I have artificial plants. I have artificial plants. I have a dog. I have a life. I, I can't, and I've killed many a plant. I like my artificial plants, and I get shade about them a lot. And I don't think that's fair. What do you think? So we have a house full of artificial plants. And also dried yes. plants are a very good hack, like dried sticks of things because they look like real mm. plants. And technically mm-hmm. they are, but they can't die. We had to switch. So at one point in this apartment, we had this beautiful cactus that I bought and it was like 10 feet tall. (laughs) And I was like, there's no way this can go wrong. Like cacti live in harsh conditions in the desert. I'm not going to be able to kill this in my apartment. Suddenly we had a gnat infestation to the point that like I was, Mike was working from home and I was working on a show at that point and I would get multiple calls a day from Mike, who's like very resilient, being like, I can't do this anymore. There's gnats everywhere. We have to get rid of everything. The cactus like eventually turned black. I don't know how that happened. Oh my God. So we threw it out. We literally had to put, we had like multiple exterminators come and be like, where are the gnats coming from? And they were like, they're just in all of your plants and they can come directly through your windows. Like they, there's nothing blocking them because we have slat windows in fucking Venice beach. And so we put up plastic over the windows. So the gnats could not fly in, trashed all of our plants and like did not and like had like fly traps up in the apartment so they would just fucking die and have nowhere to go and breed because they're so resilient. Oh my um, God. And now we like na- nary a succulent has crossed our home threshold since that time. Yeah, that's a scarring experience. Yeah, that's I think awful. Plants are, real plants are overrated and you can get really good fake plants and people always like you know especially now it's like who the fuck is in your home being like is that real i know know, who cares it's true but that means cynthia bailey has got it right and artificial plants are cool especially the ones that like sit on the ground and they're like big like i'm not about to have like a whole tree inside my house fredo is being so rude um (laughs) he agrees he hates he hates real plants he he agrees he really does yeah and that's the other i also don't need like he could just get into like a little pot of dirt on the ground like nobody's business so yeah i'm glad that you agree with me I'm sorry about your scarring that issue. Though. Oh, no, it's that okay. It's really gone. Dramatic. We took care of those little fucks, and they're never coming back. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed Kenya's, uh, like, impression of what uh, getting served to go to court is like. Yeah. It was so fucking funny. I was cackling, which is Real nice, because I feel like Kenya's had a lot of really serious shit, so it's good to see she has a sense she of humor. She can joke still. around. And then we got a uh, housewife. Yeah. Uh, I'm scared also, for her. <laughs> I'm scared for her. I think people are, yeah, it seems like she's entering a pretty harsh situation. Uh, but she was in Step Up, so I think she can handle anything. Yeah, yeah, Which is yeah. a movie you have to love yeah. as a dancer. I do love Step Up. I also was on my step team <laughs> in high school. <gasps> that was created by, I have no idea if anyone will know this name, but her name is Haley Kiyoko, and she's like a pop star now, and she created Agora High School's step team. It was wow. very exciting. 
Shout uh, out to Bragg, Alyssa. I'm yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I am. I feel like she can handle herself. I'm mostly scared about what's happening with her husband. I wanted to ask you what would happen if Tony just disappeared for three days and then refused to tell you where he went. He would disappear for a lot longer. I'll tell you that, <laughs> Alyssa. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you like disappearing, Tony? Let's see about that. Uh, I would not be able to handle that, especially now. It's so funny you ask that. Like, I have known where Tony is because I've been with him every waking fucking second of this entire year. So it would be – it's such a funny hypothetical to think of now – to be like, what if, like, there was that cute time this summer where you came over to swim in my pool and you were like, oh my God, this is the first time I've done something without Mike in like seven months. Yeah. (laughs) So the idea of suddenly like me waking up tomorrow and Tony and like us getting in a fight and then Tony being gone for three days, I think I might hyperventilate until I die because I like wouldn't even be able to handle the like contrast of the whole situation. It would be such a harsh thing to my system. For sure. But no, I would not like ever be three days and then you're not gonna tell me afterwards what the fuck yeah you wouldn't be in my home anymore i'd be like get out of here he's (laughs) so hot Alyssa. he's not that hot that he can disappear for three days and be like i'm not gonna tell you where i went why does it matter to the beach i'm like oh man this is no this is no good for anyone with your mom in the house just tell me so i can tell my mom when she asks me Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. that's so crazy it is it's true uh Speaking of crazy, can we do a quick 90-day yes. <laughs> reaction to this week? Uh, I wanted to say that I think, man, the intro for – so this was the second episode of the season. We got to meet, like, a couple more couples. Uh, Tarek does this really fabulous intro where he, like, has this <laughs> shirt with Thailand on it, this, like, pixelated cheap map of Thailand on his shirt. He's swinging around the sword, and he's like, I got this on my third trip to Thailand. I fucking love Thailand. There's something about the culture, the people. It changed my life. I can't stop talking about it. So I went on these dating apps trying to find this woman in Thailand, and it didn't totally work out. So now I'm dating Hazel, and she's from the Philippines. And it's <laughs> funny I was cracking up like he I feel so bad for Hazel first of all who is also clearly not obsessed with Tarek who thank goodness like every other person on this wonderful gift of a show has a burgeoning rap career he goes I actually am pretty good at rapping I (laughs) loved that like I don't have a reference point for like who else is a rapper on the series and I was like I love a guy that's just like I'm a great rapper like I wish I had that confidence you know yeah he's like I'm just a great great rapper and they they, like cut back to when he proposed to her on the beach by awkwardly playing a song on like a bluetooth speaker where it's him rapping about being in love with her and wanting to marry her and she like doesn't understand it and doesn't get it and or doesn't like it yeah and it's fabulous so I just love Tarek and Hazel I'm very excited to see what what is in their future especially considering Hazel is openly bisexual and is trying to come to America and like have a girlfriend during her K-1 visa experience which is a first for this show and I'm very into it and he's just like the derpiest type of guy to be doing this I love it Uh, I also got very self-conscious of 
Yara coming back to Jovi's like luxury studio apartment or one bedroom apartment in like downtown New Orleans, which can't be cheap. And she walks in and she's like, this is disgusting. It's so small. Why so small, Jovi? I want big window. And you're like, what? That's so brutal. It's so, so mean. He got you a luxury apartment. You're such a bitch. Yeah. My apartment looks handle. like shit compared to that apartment. Let me tell you right now. And do you think I just had the thought, like, do you think that she maybe lived at home with her parents before that yes 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 like I think especially when you come with this fucking attitude of like well why can't you do this like both both of these the girls in the season who are coming from Russia are like well why don't you just live somewhere else like what do you mean why don't you just live somewhere that you would have you have to buy where you live and the and the both of these women have just like no reference for it like fucking Brandon's girlfriend comes over here and she goes well just tell your parents if they don't let me sleep with you we go somewhere else and it's like bitch where do you think you're going he lives with his parents he can't live somewhere else where do you think you're going which again i still champion brand brendan brandon brandon's parents yeah i fucking think they are a lot they're the fucking best i don't care who comes for me about it <laughs> you know they're i'm not allowed, gonna agree with you <laughs> and i i think that and like tony and i were talking about it and he made a good point he was like listen they're obviously awful because they did such a bad job raising their son but okay. now they're trying to make up for it by being like Listen, girl, we did a bad job raising him. He can't even man up and tell you the truth about his financial situation or his home life. We're just trying to compensate for that by speaking directly to you about things like birth control and where you're going to be sleeping. Like, we're making up for the fact that we raised this weird-ass son. We have to step in because we didn't do a good enough job with this fucking weirdo. I think that's what they're doing. Okay, I hear that. I hear that. (laughs) And I don't totally disagree with that sentiment. I just think that it's so aggressive to straight up be like you must be on birth control in my house and and I just think it's it's like here's the thing he's 27 if they get knocked up like that's their choice and you know what you do as a parent you say like you have to deal with that. I can't. You can't live here. You have to like get that's a job and like provide a that's, home. You know, like you're not going to stop them from fucking. You're just not no. going to. But you have to say instead of going. I really want you to be on birth control, which is what she's doing, and she's trying to be direct and she's trying to be kind. She should just go. I'm going to be honest with you guys. If you get knocked up in my house, I'm not taking care of this baby. I know that you're under the impression that I'm going to take care of you guys because I've been taking care of my loser son and because I'm letting you stay with us. That's where my generosity ends. Like, I am not – I don't want you guys to be under the impression because you're going to be staying in a beautiful home. It's my beautiful home. It's not Brandon's beautiful home. It's my beautiful home. And it won't be your baby's (laughs) beautiful home if you fucking get knocked up in this next year. Save your money. Be smart, and if you want me to take you to a doctor or Planned Parenthood to get birth control, let's do this thing. Yeah, but yeah. you're like, I like try to get them in the right mindset. But man, oh man, I was uh, I was getting riled up watching it. And it's so fun because Tony watches it with me too. It also gets equally riled. Up. <laughs> That's amazing. One last question about it about ninety day is Mike and Natalie. Mike meets Natalie at the airport. He has purple flowers. And she decides to be a huge bitch about it. How do we feel? Like, what do you mean you don't like purple flowers? I don't. Okay, first of all, purple is my favorite color. So I have a hard time identifying with that. I love Mm. any flowers. Maybe if you got me yellow flowers, I'd be like, "Mm, I don't love yellow flowers. But I wouldn't say that upon receipt of them. Um, This whole situation and Yara as well, I feel like. Oh, wait, Jovi and Yara. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I feel like 
it reminds me of there's either a book or like my therapist said this to me at one point um that men love bitches and I know that's like harsh to say but there is some psychology to women just constantly asking for more and more and more and more and men feeling like they're proving their worth to them and I think that's Mm -hmm. just what's happening here I'm not saying it's healthy or good or like people should act that way but it is like an interesting case study in men love bitches and I do think there's like an actual book called that that's fascinating and that's I Tony and I had the same conversation where we've talked about like Couples that – there's just some couples that thrive on bickering. Like, they are couples that just for some reason are good at fighting and they and they yeah. like get a lot of energy and a lot of uh, – they, like, receive a lot of love and attention from that. And I, I was asking bas- basically exactly what you're talking about where there is some formula of when you have a high-maintenance ma- partner who is demanding a lot from you that there's something really clear about, well, then I know exactly what to get you – to make you satisfied, and then that will make me feel satisfied and proud of myself that I got you X, Y, and Z. So while I see it as like, oh, my God, this person seems like there's so much. This is very annoying, and you're asking for so much. But that someone might be like, well, I, you know, at least they're being very clear about what they want, and it's they're all very tangible things that I could do, and then I could feel good about the type of partner I am. Yeah. Like, it's very transactional in that way, but it's a little straightforward. And as much as I think it's complicated because it doesn't seem appealing to me, it, there is something a little simple about that equation. That's yeah. really fascinating. I think that's yeah. interesting. Um, um, it's not, I don't identify, I don't act like that. <laughs> I'm constantly like, I'm so sorry. I would love like one flower maybe sometime, you know, like yeah. that's how oh I could yeah, I would never be like, to, and I'm sure I know I'm high maintenance in my own ways and I'm not the easiest, but I would never, if yeah, Tony got me a bouquet of flowers, be like, mm, I have notes. Like, what? yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's crazy. Okay. I think that we've tackled all, all of the news and all of the wonderful shows that we've got to, to cover this whole week. I will say uh, on a housekeeping note that this is our second to last episode of the year. Uh, and we're going to do something special next week. We're actually going to have our last episode uh, of this godforsaken year of 2020 <laughs> on Wednesday because we want to follow up uh, very quickly with the finale of The Bachelorette. And we'll probably cover Potomac in 90 Day. And uh, is Atlanta come on before Wednesday? I, I think know. it does. Well, we'll find out. Um, and yeah, then we're going to take a brief break and then come back in the new year, guns a blazing. And we have a really fun holiday themed episode for next week that I think is really silly and very fitting. So yeah, we'll look forward to that, a special little episode on Wednesday. And speaking of holidays, I'm going to post the pictures of my really cute ornaments that you got me, (laughs) um, which is pretty cool. And oh, one last thing, you posted the funniest reactions to Love, Light, and Hanukkah. And I'm so happy you watched it and your big, beautiful wine glasses that I love. Oh, thank you. Uh, and that lo- that was uh, very fun. Did you? It seemed like you enjoyed it for the most part. No, I really enjoyed it. I haven't really watched that many Hallmark movies, and so I do feel like it was written by a computer or something, <laughs> <But> <laughs> a very positive computer. And um, I really appreciated them like incorporating actual specifics of Hanukkah, and the decor was amazing. Um, I do not necessarily feel like it was a Hanukkah movie. I feel like a Hanukkah movie would start with someone who is Jewish and have some sort of plot within Hanukkah, not teach someone who celebrates Christmas all about Hanukkah, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's definitely tailored to the audience that watches Hallmark movies that probably doesn't know about Hanukkah. Yeah, <laughs> like that's yeah, yeah, who yeah. it was really for. Wait, is today the last day of Hanukkah? It was last night. 
It was last night. Well, then yeah. happy belated last night of Hanukkah. Oh, thank you. And then, yeah, yeah I mean, there, I do want to say one funny thing. So when she gets the results of her DNA test that tell her she's Jewish, it says that she's 50% European Jewish, which is not a real thing. Like, it should have said, like, Ashkenazi Jewish or something. And yeah. somebody reached out to us on Instagram and was like, get one Jewish consultant, Hallmark. Yes. <laughs> and I thought that was very funny. Look, they're doing their best. They're trying to make this accessible so everyone can understand the plot. So I guess we're just going to do catch all like somewhere in Europe. Your ancestors were Jewish, which is so funny to me. Um, but no, it was very enjoyable. It was sweet. And, uh, you know, an easy an easy watch with much more commercials than I expected. So. Oh, so many commercials. Yeah. yeah, it's mostly commercials. That's yeah. I've been playing a lot of those movies while I've been wrapping like gifts and stuff. And I'm like, wow, I'm mostly I'm mostly just watching commercials, I guess. Uh, and next week's episode also has some really fun Hanukkah tales from you that I think are really fun. <laughs> yeah. The war of two holidays in my childhood home is pretty <laughs> yeah. exciting, I guess. Um, but this was so great. I am so glad we had so much to talk about this week. Thanks for hanging in there with us, you guys. Yeah. And I'm going to go uh, not water my artificial plants. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 